Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. Hey, welcome to episode five of the Sand Hills Podcast. We are excited to be talking about current events this season. That's been our focus, and the current event of this week, Thanksgiving, is coming up on Thursday. And so we are excited to get to sit down with Pastor Jeff and talk about uh, the reason for the season for Thanksgiving, talk about family, talk about sitting down with people that we love, or honestly, people that you might have difficulty with, situations you might be nervous about. So we get to have a wonderful conversation about how do we navigate tension in the family? How do we redirect anger or hostility? And how do we be the peacemakers at this time of Thanksgiving? We hope you enjoy it. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. All right. Okay. Here we go. So we're just going to jump right into it. Okay, what what is your favorite part of the holidays? All right, okay, so my favorite part of the holidays is, it's like, I tried to think of like a lot, like what's most important. So family is actually my favorite part of the holidays. And then time off would also be a part. I just mm. like, where I can wake up at my leisure mm. and, and I could do kind of whatever my, like yeah. my day isn't fully planned. I mean, there may be family stuff we're doing, but you know, so time off. And then uh, rich food. The rich food and drink, that would be another thing is like just having like I can, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word gluttony, but yeah. <laughs> but, but if I could dabble in a bit of gluttony, you know, just yeah. like uh, I'm going to have an extra piece of pie today. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to eat a little too much food tonight. And then after I settle for about an hour, I'm going back, you know, that. Kind oh, of, yeah. I do. Love Absolutely. That. You're going back. Yeah. Yeah. And so like so that's part of the Thanksgiving thing. Like if you were to include Christmas as a part of this, for me, and I'm not a gifts person per se, but like the gifts are so not a, a part of like, if you're, what are you looking forward to for Christmas? What gift are you looking for? Like, mm. I don't even care. Like my gift at Christmas, and maybe this is a stage of life. My gift at Christmas is family, time off, enjoying food and drink and just mm. relaxing. Like that's, that's my, that's my favorite part. Of the yeah. Moment. Yeah. That's uh, to circle back real quick to what you said about the gluttony thing. This is something that I was been, very interested in because on the one hand you see God say don't don't be gluttonous right. but on the other hand you see him set up multiple feast days right an entire feast like year sure. every seven years yeah and so you you see this idea that gluttony is not supposed to be a part of our everyday life but right. when he's giving us a feast of and we're supposed to be thankful and right. he's like yeah that's a form of worship is to enjoy is. the fruit there's actually in the old testament and I've, i have to find it, i should have found it for today but this uh, command to enjoy food and strong drink uh, on a, mm. during the celebration. It's a command by God. You're yeah. like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and it says uh, in Isaiah, he's prepared the fortified wine for us yeah, for yeah. eternity. Yeah. And the fortified wine is the 
It's the good stuff. That's the potent stuff. That's going to get you every time. <laughs> yeah. and, and so it really, that's one of, I think that's one of my favorite parts is if you're focusing on the right things, like you said, you could get distracted by the gifts and stuff. And we'll, we'll talk about that on the, kind of the Christmas side of it. But if you take the time for Thanksgiving to really slow down and give thanks, it can become a really special time of just enjoying life. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so, yeah. I, yeah, I think I think family's probably my favorite part right. as well as I'm thinking about it. Because especially, you know, my family's military mm. all over the country. So whenever we can get together uh, and spend time with one another, it's always really special. Um, and a lot of board games are played. Yeah. And so that's always fun. That's great, too. We yeah, whatever that. your family tradition is. Yeah, yeah just quality time. Uh, w- when do you guys eat Thanksgiving? Are you guys, because some people say like, you would only eat till like 6 p.m. And I'm like, how do you do that? I, I couldn't do it. Do you guys do 6 p.m.? So I, you know, I'll just eat when the food's there. Um, <laughs> and, and it takes a while to prepare. So a lot of food mm-hmm. is going, being prepared for hours, you know, beforehand. And so I'm really flexible on when we, yeah, as soon as it comes out the oven. Great. When, yeah. If we can just dabble, you want me to cut the turkey? I'll cut the turkey. I'll be glad to, I'll get that ready for you. And uh, of course we'll be over there sampling and you know, all that kind of thing. But yeah, no, we don't have a set, you know, time. In fact, my side note here is like, our Thanksgiving's messed up. Like, I, this is just where we are now. So, like, a bit of reality in our lives, and probably for other people as well. So, it's our Thanksgiving used to be amazing because we would have, mm-hmm. like, my mom would be in the kitchen all day, and family would come in, and it was just a big deal. And mom would decorate as well. Um, and so, we, we had all that. And then... Um, then we had another side of the family. I got married, and then now we're making a trip. We're like, we spent a little mm, bit of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. here, a little bit of Thanksgiving there. or th- And then it got to a point where we just picked Thanksgiving in one place. Uh, yeah. And so that got messy. Well, then my mom passed. And so then it was just kind of Michelle's side of the family. We are doing stuff with them. And then um, one of their – her dad passed, and there were a couple of divorces. And so then mm. just Thanksgiving just got, just got messed up completely for our family. Mm. And then we're in this kind of like Thanksgiving no man's land yeah. where we were like talking to friends like, hey, you want to have Thanksgiving together? <laughs> and, but then it struck me, you know, like there's this, I know there's, the holidays are hard for people. Like, you know, mm. to, to be real about this, holidays get hard for people. And I think part of it is because traditions change. And mm. as a kid, you grow up and it's a, it's a very safe, it's a very stable environment maybe. Um, and then you get to this point where things start to change and you go into this, like, it's not like it used to be. And somewhere along the line, I was like, you know what I got to do? I'm, this just has to be, I'm just gonna have to make this good. Like, it it has to be like, I've got to stop lamenting the past because either I just embrace that, Hey, it's just messy now. And this is going to be our new tradition. Mm. Uh, or you're just going to constantly be disappointed with the holidays and that will just, that'll tank your holiday. It'll ruin the holiday of the people around you. And you know, there's no need for that. Like the, the idea is everything's different for me now. The food's different. The location's different. How we're doing it is different. But is God still with me? Is he still good? Like, yeah, I mean, like, don't lose sight of the big picture here. You mm. know, you still get some days off. You got football on TV. There you go. You get wonderful food. Like, make it what it is and and stop lamenting the past. Otherwise, you kind of, you kind of just ruin your own holiday and it's never going to change. You'll just lament it every year and it'll be a horrible time of year. And then you'll realize at the end of it all, before you, you know, take your last breath, I ruined all of my holidays. Mm. <laughs> and so you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, that's an important reminder. I think. Um, and that's something Claire and I are obviously very young in our marriage, you know, only you know, two years in. And that's one of the things that we've even had to look at. Is, okay, we can't just recreate our childhood. We need to make our own traditions together. We need to create, you know, memories right. and things like that. And if you get bogged down trying to just recreate a special moment from, you know, 10 years ago. Right. It'll never satisfy you. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's some spiritual connection there that could preach, you know, if you (laughs) think about it. probably a message in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. You know, we're pastors. We can make it. We'll make it work. Um, 
But it's fascinating because so many songs, as I was kind of getting ready for this, kind of thinking about the holidays, right. uh, Christmas music's right around the corner. Uh, right. Next week, it's going to start playing. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not playing already. Right. It probably is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many of those songs are family-centric. Mm. Yet so many people, like you were saying, struggle with family dynamics. Right. right. And so with family making it so special and it being sung about so often— what what happens when it's like awkward? Mm. How do you navigate that? What, what's some advice you would have on that? Uh, when family gets awkward, and when life gets awkward, and the songs get awkward. Um, hey, let me talk about the songs for a second, and then yeah. build build into the question. So, the, I think the songs historically, like if you go back, I'm and now I have to guess some because I didn't live during this time, like mm-hmm. back in the '40s and '50s. I think part of it was this kind of Norman Rockwell perfect family, idyllic situation mm. type of thing. And the songs kind of reflected that. I don't know that they, I don't know that families were ideal back then either. I just mm-hmm. think that there was this picture of what family used to look like. But I think nowadays we have, we have a greater degree of brokenness. And I think, I think Satan has so deceived us when it comes to family and, and the importance of family and uh, honoring your vows. And so, you know, kids are born out of wedlock, families divorce, they remarry. Uh, and you've got this train wreck of family situations in so many circumstances. And so now I think it's the family emphasis in holiday songs is really tied to nostalgia. Like mm. it used to be this way. I don't know that it actually kind of ever used to be that way, but the, the, that we hope it like it kind of used to be that way. And we're longing for something that we just don't have. And so I think that's why it works in there because I think the songs tend to reflect our hopes and dreams mm-hmm. more than anything else. And so this for me now tying into how does this, you know, when you're a messed up situation, you're in a messed up family. I think you're the one that has to reconcile this in your own heart because others will never be able to satisfy you in how they're doing this thing. Mm. And so I think this becomes your journey in the midst of the messed up family, the messed up situation. And even if your family is kind of messed up, and even if you caused the mess up, I mean, there's just a part of it where you're like, hey, okay, you know what? It just is what it is. We got yeah. let's just start from here, and we're gonna have to figure this out as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and that comes into the idea of uh, Have you heard of Thanksgiving clapbacks? So I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really popular in the meme world. It's it's actually one of the things that I always look forward to on social media, like as Thanksgiving projects. I think they're so fun. The pictures are funny. The yeah. situations are funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, comedy always has grains of truth in it. Right. And especially in the meme world, reflecting aspects of our society and culture. And so you can see that even though it's funny to talk about, you know, one family member saying something and then you, you know, being really quickly able to give them a jibe back it does highlight though that a lot of people walk into thanksgiving ready for hostility Mm -hmm. and how do we approach hostile environments like that where it's like man i gotta roll up into this house for six hours how do i get through this now that's a great question and so for some perspective there i want to start with uh, a passage of scripture that i think Ties into this, if you'll if you'll permit me here. So uh, I permit you. <laughs> you have no choice. You have no choice. I'm going to read it anyway. All right. This comes from Luke chapter 12. It starts in verse 16, and um, this is a very familiar parable if you've read much of the Bible. 12:16 uh, starts off. Um, the land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, "What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops." And he said, "I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build larger ones." And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you've prepared, whose will they be? So mm. you hear that you know, parable. And I've always taken that to be this idea of, you know, you lived for wealth. And then, you know, now you're dead and, you know, you're a fool. 
And then I had a professor in seminary who just really challenged me. And basically he said to me, like, you've missed the point of the story. I was like, well, mm. the, the point is don't be greedy. He's like, no, that's not the point. He said, did you catch the very last phrase there? And whose will they be? And so he said, like, th that's the issue is mm. at the expense of relationships, at the expense of a spouse, at the expense of kids, at the expense of building relationships with people you're related, you know, related to, like, nobody now is going to get your stuff because not only have you amassed wealth, but you've isolated yourself from the world. Mm. Your greatest failure is you have no relationships of value. That, and I was like, oh, wow, that really wow. shocks me. So now coming into family situations, let, like, let's keep that in mind because I think many of us, and we're in a world that can do this almost, is like, I don't need my family. You know, mm. I don't want them. I don't need them. In fact, you may just pop in, pop out on Thanksgiving, pop in, pop out on, you know, Christmas. And like my family's so messed up, I don't even want to be around them. Mm. Okay. And so like there would be a part of me that's, okay, you probably need some counseling. But I would say like, I get it. I, I do get it. Like, because there's just a way when you become a person, you become an adult, you become your own person. You're just wired different now than your family. And there are friends mm. that you're probably, like it, you're, you might think to yourself, it would be better if I just did Thanksgiving with my friends, people I like and they like me. Um, and then, you know, my my friends at uh, Christmas as well, but that's not how we're wired. And so <clears throat> that's, there's a reality we need to engage. The reality is your family is going to be with you the whole time. Like they're mm -hmm. never going away. Dads will always be dads. Moms will always be moms. Siblings will always be siblings. And this idea that these relationships are disposable, I'm just not behind. Um, but mm -hmm. they, they may not all be what we would love for them to be. And so now we can talk to, to practically how do we work this out? <clears throat> so there's this train car illustration I've heard. I've shared it with people a number of times. The idea that you know, life is a, a train car. You've got certain people who are in your car, and along the way, your car will hook up to other cars, but then release those cars. Mm. So in your main car are, you know, your husband or your spouse, your wife, um, your kids, mom, dad, like all your blood relatives, yeah. and they're, they're in your main car. Everything else you're just connected to. Friends, you just connect to. At, at some point, they may move or you'll move, and you'll disconnect. And, um, and then yeah. your job. You'd connect, but then you disconnect. Most important thing is your immediate relationships. And so with that in mind, we need to embrace something of that in the holidays, uh, although we can talk about ways to, to, to meter that situation, to control it. I'm reminded of Romans 12, 18. Romans 12, 18, the Apostle Paul is giving instruction to Christians. He says, as much as it's possible for you, live at peace with all men. Mm. And so I think there's a, this element of when I come into Thanksgiving, when I come into Christmas, and I may be coming into, to be fair, some hostile territory, um, I'm going to be the peacemaker. And so as mm. much as possible, I've got to do that. <clears throat> and I think, too, um, there's some very practical things. So... We've all been in kind of weird family situations. I've had some over the years, um, and especially with <clears throat> Michelle's side of the family, we didn't we didn't always connect with some aunts and uncles who would be at Thanksgiving. And so, there's some things we thought about. One is have an escape plan. You know, just <clears throat> just like how do we how can we be present but not present, but right. yet people feel like we kind of get credit for being there. And mm -hmm. so, there were family members we did connect with. So out of a whole room full of people, there was like uh, one family we really got along well with. They were just kind of wired like we were, and so. We would get there, we would sit with them, we would talk, but then we'd interact with other people, you know, at Thanksgiving, like you do, you're yeah. chit-chatting. Um, and then we would get a football, and we'd go outside with that other family, and we'd just throw the football around as kind of families. And it probably looked like, you know, we were we were closer to them than others, but I think you were still there, you still made an appearance, you still yeah. hugged and kissed everybody and, and loved on them, asked questions about their job and their life. And so there's a part of that where I don't have to be best friends with everybody. Mm. Uh, another part too is you know you get you got to have these you know, I don't know safe word or something like that yeah. like like get me out of this situation get me out of Absolutely. here and, and do something else so I think you've got to you've got to strategically think through how you want to get through the situation um, and then too I think remember this especially if you go into a toxic environment and mm -hmm. you know Uncle so and so is going to bring up his politics or mm -hmm. Aunt so and so is going to 
you know, berate this person or, or be mad about, you know, this sister or cousin or whatever, and they're just going to rant about them. And, and there's this thought like, you know, I'm just going to tell them exactly what I think. And as soon as you get to that point, I'd say, okay, time out. Time out. Don't ever go there. Yeah. <laughs> it, wow. That's it, like World War One <clears throat> setting yeah. up. I mean, seriously, are, is, is the thought, oh, they probably just lack information. If I'll just give them enough information, they'll be, oh, maybe my political view isn't correct here. Or maybe, maybe this cousin, maybe I'm the problem. Like, they're never going to believe that. Right. So, like, don't enter into that. Just have your eyes open. And, it, again, as much as possible, uh, be at peace with all people. Um and, and I would say, too, be very careful. I've had some friends over the years do some things that I think are very unwise, and that is um, they have just cut off family. Like, mm-hmm. we don't go see them anymore. And I'm like, oh, man, as a, as a Christian, do you think that's the wisest you know, thing? Like, not only have you eradicated a relationship that by blood is, is in your— it's going to be part of you for the rest of your life, but you've lost all opportunity for influence. Mm. Like, you know, this—what about— like, the, you know they're broken. You know they're hurting. Like, you know the truth. Like, if you're a Christian, they need to know the truth. And I, I get that they may not be teachable at this time, but what you can do is you can love on them, let them know you're a safe place, um, mm-hmm. just absorb their venting for a little bit. So I think you know, there's just some strategies to dealing with prickly family that I think you need to embrace. Yeah, and how do we set those those boundaries up and those mindsets when we get into situations like that? Because, you know, I would agree with you that the majority of the time, just cutting people off is is a cop out mm-hmm. and just like you know what I'm not going to deal with it yeah. you know because sometimes that involves the difficult work of loving someone right. unconditionally as Christ first loved us and that's always a challenge that I've uh given myself with with difficult friends or things like that where I go this individual has never wronged me as much as I've wronged Christ and Christ mm-hmm. was willing to forgive me right and and then gives me that power of forgiveness because now it's you know his power in me and then we can show his love and you know it's we're witnesses all of a sudden right um but but what happens then in the severe cases Mm -hmm. is it is it okay to be like you know maybe a couple years off after something horrific has happened or things are coming to light how do you balance that well i'm sure there's all sorts of individual responses you can have i can tell you what we have done so we have had um, a very toxic relationship mm. uh, in our lives, and <clears throat> it's the result of a, a weird divorce situation and remarriage, and then we have two families now, but we kind of liked both of them, and it's just a mess. Um, and then we got invited uh, one Christmas to go spend you know, some Christmas time with this family that we... <laughs> I'll be honest with you. As much as I love Jesus, I didn't. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this part of the family. They're just. They're not good people, in my opinion. They're, they're really hard to be with. And and so we talked about it. And we said, well, let's go. You know, we let's go. I mean, we've got to represent uh, their blood mm. relatives, or at least one of them was. And and so we went. And it was one of those where I'm really just the whole time trying to figure out what I can say and not say. Now, fortunately. There just wasn't a lot of deep conversation, which I think actually helped. <laughs> like, we didn't go deep into anything. And I think we were, we, we certainly felt uncomfortable being there. I think they felt uncomfortable with us being there. They probably invited us out of obligation. Maybe they thought we wouldn't come. Um, but we went. But I will say, I'm glad, I'm glad we went, you know, mm. because there was still, um, I think, a chance to be a witness for Christ a little bit in the midst of that. Um, we certainly had some spiritual conversation because it was around Christmas time. Uh, and it was just part of the mess that we we stepped into. But we just chose, like, we're not going to be contentious during this time. We're just going to go there, love, encourage, uh, bring some gifts for kids, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I just think that that's, there's a reality there. We've just got to learn to live with prickly people. We're in a society now where you you don't, not only do you not have to choose to get along with difficult people, you mock them, you berate mm-hmm. them, you put them down, you condemn them. Uh, that's the the word of today. And I, we're, I just think as Christians, we're not supposed to be that. We, we show something different. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's one of the things that we had um, when I was in the Army Reserve that we talked about all the times for chaplains was called uh, just uh, presence, a ministry of presence. Mm, yeah. And that's just where you're showing up. You're not having great, deep, life-altering conversations. A lot of times you're, ju- you're just there. Right. And people are aware of your presence. But what that does is that it lets them know that you care enough to show up right. and be there. And I think that that principle is very true for family, too. Like you're talking about, there could be a lot of hurt, a lot of situations that need to be worked through. Right. But even just showing up and having the service-level conversations and choosing not to address it, right. maybe in four years that person who's wronged you goes, I wronged them. Mm. But at least I know I can talk to them. Sure. And I can reconcile that relationship. And so it leaves the door open for the right things to happen. And I think one of the hard things as well is that in an era of instant gratification, playing the long game. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Right. And and being willing to play the long game and right. trusting God with the long game because he take he plays the long game. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Four hundred years of silence before Christ, four hundred years in Egypt, uh, before the Exodus. He plays the long game. Right. Um and I think he can give us the strength to play the long game well. Well, and I think that gets behind the concept that relationships aren't static. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that I have a bad relationship with my mom or my dad or my cousin. We're like, okay, yeah, maybe now, but what about 10 years from now? <clears throat> In our family, we had a, an illustration of this. So we had um, uh, a couple, a young couple, that got out of sorts with their mom. And, I mean, they're, adult, they're an adult couple. They had a family, but got out of sorts with their mom. So they just stopped coming to family functions. And so mm-hmm. we go to Thanksgiving, we go to Christmas, they weren't there. And I know they're thinking like, hey, I'm going to show mom, you know. But then there's, you've got all these family members that want to interact with them. Well, then they had to make a choice too. Do they want to interact with us? So we reached out, like this one particular couple that we loved, um, we reached out to them, hey, we're going to be in town. You know, are you coming? To th- I hope you think coming to Thanksgiving. And just dead silent. Mm-hmm. And like we called them, left a message, dead silent. And so I realized now, see, now they had to make another choice. Do we cut off all family members? Well, why are you cutting us off? I mean, we're not, like you and your mom's situation, like I don't know what's going on there, but like we're not a part of that. But they cut us all out for like five years, like just mm-hmm. vanished from life. And it was like they were still they were still doing okay, I suppose, but they weren't interacting with anybody. And then, and but see, here's the thing too. They were active in the church. They serve in their church. And I'm like, wow, like every week you're going celebrating this, this Lord who forgives all things, you know, all this mm-hmm. mess that you do. And you're not forgiving your mom for whatever's going on. And so because of that, you've polluted your relationship, your relationship with everybody else in the family. Now they're sitting around talking about what's wrong with this couple. Like, mm. it's just, it's a mess. And so, I don't know, there's, there's something there. That, and is, oh, here's where it's not static. So five years later or so, suddenly they're back. They just show back up and then I'm, and they're acting like nothing's ever happened. They're friendly to everybody, smiling, returning texts and phone calls now. And I'm like, what happened? Like, well, they mm. reconciled with their mom. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, like, why didn't you, if you'd done that five years ago, yeah. Like, we could have. What did it. we miss out yeah. on? You we could have gone through all this. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a good thing as well. Is, is um, don't miss out on on the blessings that humility can bring sometimes as well, because it is rarely a one way street of these things happening. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is, but not always. And and just having the humility of saying, you know what, I'm not going to fight you on this argument, or you know what, I can admit that there are some things that I've done. Let's just. Let's try and work through this and enjoy one another again and sure. get back to how it was once at one point. Right. And uh, and like we said at the beginning, not that you're trying to recreate the past again, but you can go, you know what, we can bring happiness back into this relationship. Yeah. Um, and work on it and work toward it. Know that it'll take time, but we can get back there. We can. Um, with humility and grace. And like uh, it says in Jude, you know, peace, mercy, and love abounding. 
Mm. And and that's what we need. We need it from God, and then from an overflow, we can show it to the world. And then it's hard to remember that our family is a part of the world. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, and I think when you step into these situations, you know, choose to be winsome. That's what I would say. Mm. If you're going to go into this, like, oh, I've got this messed up family. Okay, a couple thoughts. One is choose to be winsome. You know, be, be try to make your speech, the, the things you talk about, attractive and appealing. Don't you pick up the same mantra of either I'm with you, everybody else stinks, you know, blah, 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 or I'm on the other side, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, okay, stop that. Um, to, for me, it would be like this. So you got it. let's just name somebody, like an Uncle Frank. And so Uncle mm-hmm. Frank is, he is all about how the other political party is destroying this nation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's all he wants to rant about and, and whatever. He wants to watch his news station the whole time, and he's talking about the latest headline. And, um, and so, like, one of the things I think you could do is, you can engage him about something, you know, positive. Like, you know, Uncle Frank, I hear you talking about this. Like, what is, what's your dream? What is, like, other than, mm. I hope everybody else on the other side dies, you know, that's, other than, other than <laughs> flip it a little yeah, bit. Let, yeah, let, redirect. Like, tell, what, is, what is it you're really shooting for here? Well, I just want a world where, and I think that's where you could get to some, because there's a, there's a moral behind that that he's mm. holding on to. Uh, so I would say dig for that, Jim, you know, to get behind that. And so at, at the end, he says, you know, if I, I just want everybody to feel, you know, free and to be able to do, you know, whatever it is and be like, you know, that is a noble thing. You know, like, I think there's, mm-hmm. there's something you can do yeah. in that. And then also I would say, uh, learn from masters of conversation. So over, over a few years of my life or, or, or times of my life, I've met who I would, people I would consider masters of conversation. And that is, and here's how I can, for me, we're like, when I leave the conversation, I'm like, I feel amazing. I think that person's amazing. Mm. Like, what was it that just happened in this moment? And so I've tried to think through these guys who I've talked to and at the end, and I think I realized what it is. In these conversations, it was always about like me. They always were concerned about me. And I don't mean mm. that in a narcissistic kind of way. What I mean is they weren't there to say, you know, share an experience from your life so I can one-up it. Mm. Um, or let me hear a little bit from you and then I'll tell you a lot about me. You know, it was yeah. always like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, wow, that sounds amazing. Tell me something else. Tell me something. And so like the whole time, they're just, in- they're literally interested in you. And then you leave there feeling like this person really cared about me. They really valued me. I feel better. You know, I feel better whether I vented or whether I shared some accomplishments and they were just so affirming. And so I would say, okay, now take that into your family situations. Like what, what if you did that? Like my goal when I talk to Uncle Frank is I want Uncle Frank to leave this conversation feeling like a million dollars. You know, like like Jeff values me. He cares about me. He's poured into me. He's talking to me. By the way, I do not have an Uncle Frank, so I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. But yeah, I think that's, you know, some things to th- take into your holiday moments. Absolutely. And and keeping that in mind during holiday conversations, you know, Thanksgiving convos with, you know, the nutty uncle, uh, you know, or whoever it is. Yeah. But keeping that in mind mm. of I'm going to make this about you so you can feel feel loved. And maybe that'll help change the relationship because you clearly don't care about me. <laughs> That's you, right. You care about your thing. And so, you know, but but th- when they realize, oh, wow, this person really cares about me, it could trigger the question in their own mind, do I care like that about anybody? You <laughs> yeah, know what right, I mean? Right, and it could right. bring in those uh, those healthy, you know, self-dialogue things that we don't even get to see happening that are happening based off the way we live. Sure. But if we don't choose that first and we go into it hostile and angry and right. wanting to pick a fight and wanting to have that fight so we can have an excuse to leave, right? it'll never happen. That's right. You know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think for me too, my grandpa, my grandpa always hated religious people. So that's kind of a funny thing. So my grandpa always hated <laughs> religious people and he would mock them, talk about them. And so then of course I get radically saved and then uh, I go into ministry. And so, you know, I come home for a Thanksgiving or a, a, a Christmas or we have a family gathering. And I like for him, I know it had to be a, like I was always his favorite grandson. I knew it. 
And now I'm one of those people. Mm. And I think he was kind of feeling this out. And so I intentionally didn't like, hey, Grandpa, where are you with Jesus? Like, I didn't, I intentionally kind of held back from that. Because um, I thought, you know, I'm gonna, he's going to be in my life the rest of my life and, yeah. you know, until he passes. And he has, you know, by now, God rest his soul. But, um, you know, we, I just tried to be the same kind of guy. And I wanted him to leave with, huh. You know, I, I thought Christians were always condemning or judgmental, and mm. my grandson still loves me, still cares about me. Now, I'll be honest, over the years, I did talk to him about where was he with the Lord, and I shared things Jesus was doing in my life, and at one point, I directly talked to him about his need for Christ, but I couldn't have gotten to that if I hadn't focused initially on, I think, being winsome, and just, mm. you know, showing my grandpa how much I loved him, you know, he was still the same kind of honorary guy he'd always yeah. been, but I didn't care, I still loved him, spent time together, spent a lot of t- hours fishing together, um, I think that's a part of it too. They'll investing, like you said, in the long game. Yeah, absolutely. What What do you think is the best way to diffuse tension when it comes? Because sometimes the conflict isn't between you and a person; it's be- between two people you love, and you're like, "I really don't want to see you guys go at it right yeah. now." How do you diffuse tension? It's so hard, you know, because I am a peacemaker. I really am. Like if if suddenly two people start fighting, I like, I just want to jump in. Stop, stop, stop. Let's all, can Mm -hmm. we just like, as though if you mentioned, let's just love each other. Let's just stop arguing. Like, oh, okay. I didn't think about that. You know, like (laughs) there's just very little you can do, I think in many ways, but as much as possible, like you try to, like judo, like judo is, you know, taking the aggression of one person and turn it into your weapon uh, Mm -hmm. or using their, their, their effort as your defense, you know, kind of thing. And so if there was just some way and, and you've got to think on the fly. And a lot of times it just doesn't happen. And I literally, I can think of a situation right now, which I can't articulate because it may be that my family would listen to this. Um, <laughs> but but I, I can remember a time when there was great conflict going on between two members of my family that I loved. And I couldn't do anything but watch. And so I literally, I just prayed. And mm. I, I sitting here thinking, okay, God, you're powerful. Prayer does stuff. Like I know uh, that, that your hand moves when we seek you out. And so I was just like, Lord, I can't stop what I see happening right now. And these are people who are entrenched and their feelings took over and they were, uh, you know, out of uh, emotion and anger were going at each other. And I wouldn't matter what, it's like trying to get between two dogs that are fighting. Like, you mm. know, you just got to let them finish, you know, because there's just nothing you can do to pull them apart from each other, you know. In general, uh, and so that's without what I, really endangering yeah, yourself. Yeah, you're going to get bit. Yeah, I mean that's really what it is. You're going to be the one who gets bit. And so I just pray they they end up huffing and puffing at each other for a while. Uh, there were tears. There was anger. They separated. And then of course the whole room is like everything stinks at that point. Like, that sucks all the yeah, energy exactly. out. Nobody's of the room. happy. Nobody wants to do anything, and it just kind of ruins everything. And then it reminds me too of just how selfish we get in the midst of our arguments. Like I'm so determined to show them right. You're like you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose the other mm. person. You're going to lose the room. You spoil everybody else's time. Like your selfishness in the midst of that moment ruined this moment in this holiday. And ultimately, like in that particular holiday, uh, the family left. Uh, they ended up leaving our house and, and mm. not coming back. And it was just like it just stunk and I was like this is horrible and I think it's a combination of pride and selfishness uh, that gets in the midst of it now to say this like if everybody were to say well what about like I got my own stuff too I mean yeah. not, I, like it's we're talking about the ideal and how this works and we're talking as bystanders but right when you're in it it is so hard and so I do think prayer and humility are, are great first steps and th- that would be like things I need to remember as well when we're in these uh, tense situations yeah absolutely and and that's one of the things too for all of our listeners out there um, or watchers on YouTube, uh, know that grace abounds for you. <laughs> know that grace abounds for you. It abounds for us. That's right. Um, yeah. We are talking about the ideals here. You That's know, right. It, it, but the world is not perfect. That's right. And, and it is hard. What it is just not thinking, easy. I'm thinking if I have any family members watch this, can I just say that story, if it sounds familiar, it's not you. <laughs> it's a, not you. It's, it's not, not you. you. It was another family member altogether. And it's, and it's interesting because there are some families um, – 
on almost the opposite side who are like, our family dynamic is really fun. Oh, you I know. know. We're doing. I always we're hate those fun. families. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell them to their face. I would let them know it too. <laughs> That's some one of the things, though, and it's um, you know those there's been tension points you know in my family over the years as there there always is. Right. You get to a point where you you start realizing the things that are really important. And it's so helpful when they're all believers, and I'm I'm mm. fortunate enough to be in a family where we all are believers, yeah. and that we would. Uh, look at one another with those mindsets. And even if something comes up, because again, like I said, we play a lot of board games. Yeah. And sometimes someone interprets the rule differently. It can become <laughs> an intense moment <laughs> as we realize, can you split a road with a settlement in Catan? And you're trying to figure that out. But you you lace it with grace and you realize, you know what? It's a board game. We're fine. Right. Um, but to those families, I would say, and because this is something I've challenged myself on as well, is um, walk alongside someone who might not have that family dynamic sure. and, and love them well because them seeing how your family operates or hearing about that could encourage them to be like, that could happen. Yeah. Or maybe I can create that in my new family. Right. Um, and so those, even if you the, a lot of these conversations don't apply to you, it still applies to you in the sense that someone I love is probably going through something like this sure. this time of year, and I can check in on them and see how they're doing and pray for them and, and walk alongside them. Right. And let me, I would encourage you, if anybody thinks... Uh, like it's kind of too late for me. I've ruined my family dynamic. I was like, that is not true. As long as you draw breath, you can fix this thing or you can make it different. And so if it's like, you know, I don't even like to see my family at Christmas anymore. Like if somebody's at some extreme like mm-hmm. that, I would say show up anyway. Like, like let's, let's remember that the God still moves. He still changes things. You know, pray before you go, try to be mm. different yourself. I guarantee you invest in that kind of thing for a few years. You're going to see some differences. Now it may not be the Norman Rockwell painting, but it might be something right. that is a much better version than it is right now. And you're the one who helped bring that about. So uh, continue to, to be humble, to show back up. And like all of these dynamics that I've seen in our families over the years where things were great and then they got rough with some people and then they got great and then they were rough. Like, like I think, well, right now, I think we're at a, basically a point of peace in my family on, yeah. on both sides. And, you know, but that, it doesn't mean what happened in the past isn't there anymore, but we've, we've gone past it. We've grown. Yeah. It's, um, and just, I don't know, as you were talking about that, I'm like, it's like the stock market. It's going to go up, and <laughs> it's going to go, go down. down. That's right. But then it's going to go higher than where it used to be the peak, and yeah. then it's going to go down. But then it's, and then you see the general trend, Yeah. hopefully. In the right of, direction. Of yeah. it being in the right direction, yeah. and you getting to the end and being, I'm happy that this is what I stuck with. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so as we close up this Thanksgiving podcast, the most important question, what is your favorite dish for Thanksgiving? Oh, that's so, that's so important. Can I like I would, I would just say dessert in general, mm. and then I'm I'm really <laughs> wide open at that point. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love a good pumpkin pie. I love a good fresh homemade pumpkin pie. I really do. But like, I am open to other desserts. I don't like to discriminate. <laughs> I'm a very inclusive dessert connoisseur, and so whatever you have made, I will probably try. I will almost definitely enjoy. I'll have multiple helpings of you know, like that would be me. What about you? I um, my aunt Sharon makes uh, a family recipe of um, stuffing slash dressing, you know, however you want to call it. But that that dish, and it's got like an apple in it, and it's got about 20 sticks of butter, and it's, oh, man, I love stuffing so much. That is my <laughs> that is my favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal is stuffing. I mm. I could eat all of it. Like it's I'm, so I'm good. I'm salivating right now just listening to you. I know. <laughs> That's 20 sticks of butter. Incredible. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for talking to us about Thanksgiving dynamics, and um, I hope you have a pleasant 
and joyous Thanksgiving. Amen. And you as well. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this production from Sand Hills Media Ministry. This episode was produced and hosted by John Daybeck. Audio mixing and camera work by Sean Wigner. Post-production by Eric Wigner. And special thanks to our guest and lead pastor, Jeff Philpott. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing on your social media. It does more than you know to fuel this project. If you'd like to know more about Sandhills or join us on a Sunday, you can do so at sandhillschurch.org.